Welcome to the Dwell Church Sermon Archive. Dwell is a family defined by the love of God and committed to giving it away. Here is this week's message. So if you've been tracking with us, we've been going through the book of John. You can find all of those old sermons on our website. Hopefully you've got some extra time so you can, you know, listen to 10,000 podcasts where we've been going through the book of John. And uh, we're past Jesus' death, so he died, and now he is showing back up and uh, talking to people, which is not a sentence that you usually say, right? So there's this guy, he died, and now he's talking to people again. So that's what's happening in this story today. Jesus has died, and now he is appearing again to the disciples. Uh, John and Peter ran to the tomb. If you were with us uh, a couple weeks ago, they ran to the tomb. They saw that Jesus was not there, but they still did not quite know where he was or what his plan was or what he was doing. So they lock themselves in the room. They hide out. They are scared. The text actually tells us they were fearful that the Jews might do something to them. And so they have quarantined themselves in a sense and locked themselves away in this room so that they might uh, uh, protect themselves and actually hide away from everything. And while they're doing that, probably sitting around, talking with each other, like, what's going on? What do we do now? What's life supposed to look like? What's, what's the world going to look like moving forward? Something happens. Jesus shows up. Now, what's interesting is we don't really, like, have any more details than that. In fact, Jesus says, or John says, Jesus came and stood among them, which is super frustrating, right? I'm like, what, what about that? That's like the lamest sentence ever, John. That's all you can really tell us? Jesus just came and stood among them? Like, I want to know, was there any amount of smoke that was involved? Uh, did he sort of make a grand, you know, Joe Bluth kind of entrance of saying, like, ha-ha, magic, it's an illusion, I'm here, it's Jesus, it's me. Now, uh, that might be a little inappropriate. Like I said, I'm getting a little stir-crazy, so my, uh, my tolerance level for sacrilege might have shifted a little bit. But uh, we actually have no details. What's really interesting about having no details is it kind of reminds me of like a dream kind of story, right? Where uh, you show up in different places, uh, maybe you appear, uh, you know, in a totally different setting and you don't know how you got there. Or have you ever had that story in a dream where you're telling somebody about it and you're like, okay, so it was my friend Billy, but he wasn't Billy. He was actually Danny DeVito, you know, like those kind of weird things. I think that's kind of what's happening. Like it's almost one of those things when your brain can't really process what is going on. And so all you can really say is Jesus came and stood in the room. And what does he do? He shows up, all his disciples are probably freaking out, and the first thing that he says is, peace be with you. That's the word that Jesus brings when he shows up into this room. He says, peace be with you. Now what's really interesting about this as an introduction, it actually follows an Old Testament pattern of something called a theophany. And a theophany is just, you know, a cool, like, fancy, you know, seminary word for when God would show up and tell someone to do something. And this is actually the exact same pattern. So John, the author of this book, would have known that that's what he was working off of. He probably did this intentionally and even presented this story in the exact same way. So very much like in the Old Testament when uh, God speaks to Moses through a burning bush or shows up to Gideon as an angel, it would follow this exact same pattern where uh, this messenger from God shows up and says, do not be afraid. In fact, uh, the sort of first element of a theophany is fear. John actually puts that fear before the angel shows up, before the messenger shows up, or before, in this case, Jesus shows up. And he says, they were already afraid. They're hanging out because of their fear. They are cloistered and quarantined themselves in this room so that uh, nothing bad is going to happen to them. So they're already scared. 
And then the second element of a theophany is that uh, there is sort of a calming word. And in this case, that is Jesus saying, peace be with you. Now we're going to come back to that in a second. The third element of a theophany is called a commission. And that is where uh, God or his representative will tell the people that he's showing up to something to do. He'll give them a mission. Jesus actually says this in verse 21. He says, uh, it says, Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. That's really fascinating. Because in this moment, these guys who have been devoting their entire life to Jesus, these guys who have been following him around for three years, have halted all of that at the moment of his death to say, like, we're not doing anything anymore. We're done. We are stuck. Our God is dead. He is gone. He has forgotten us. He's given up. He has been beaten, actually, and killed, murdered on the cross. So we have nothing to do. But Jesus instead shows up, says, peace be with you, and then says, now I'm going to send you as the Father has sent me. That exact same type of sending that made me come here to you to tell you the good news is the exact same sending that I'm going to give to you. He also tells them something else that's really interesting. He says this in verse 22, or John says, uh, And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. Verse 23 says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now, I want to be real clear, uh, this is not like an Oprah giveaway show or something like that. I understand that might even be an old reference now. Sorry about that. But it's not a, you get forgiveness, you get forgiveness, you get forgiveness kind of thing. It's more so saying that this same message that I gave to you that's forgiveness for you is actually going to be the same message that you get to carry forth and offer to people. So basically, if you're willing to share Jesus' good news of forgiveness of sins with people, then that same forgiveness is now available to the people you choose to give it to. In fact, Jesus is saying, like, I gave this forgiveness to you, but I don't have to be the only agent of this forgiveness. I don't have to be the only one representing this gift. Now, it's still God giving the work. We're not actually choosing who's forgiven and who's not, but we are the people who are commissioned to hand out this very same good news, this very same forgiveness. And that's what Jesus calls us to do. He says, you are being sent as I was sent from the Father. The same mission that was my mission is now going to be your mission. And I think for us, uh, asking the question now, like what do we do now? The answer is right there. We are a sent people and God has given us this commission. Now you'll notice in this moment, right, he's speaking to his disciples. John is there present. He captures it down for us to know and refer back to later in the form of scripture. This becomes uh, part of the same mission, and it also uh, fits in with the uh, great commission in Matthew, which is to go and make disciples of all nations. Like This is all a part of the package of what Jesus has called all of us to do. And you'll notice if you look through all of scripture, you take a look and look at all of the things that God has called us to do, nowhere in there does it say, do this unless there is a case of worldwide pandemic. Nowhere in there does it say, like, uh, go and tell people good news, uh, go and love as you are loved, love God, love others, except in the case of social isolation. I don't think that there's any caveat for that. And look, uh, we're standing here in the Dwell Digital Living Room. We've obviously made some changes. 
I definitely don't want anyone to watch this video and go around handing out free hugs to people that they see on the street. You'd probably get uh, attacked or something if you wanted, if you tried that. I wouldn't recommend that at all. What I am saying, though, is that the Great Commission, the sending of Jesus, has not changed in light of the coronavirus. You know what's really beautiful, particularly in this passage, as we're wondering what do we do now? Uh, we see Jesus is saying that um, we are to go and be sent as he was sent. And so he's saying you should actually follow the model of what I did. And so we can actually do that from this very passage. We can see that. So the first step I think that we can do, even in times such as these, is that we can receive the peace of Jesus. That same peace that Jesus offered to the disciples is the exact same peace that he offers to you, even in light of this, even in a moment like this. Let's just break it down for a moment. There are some things that you do have to do in light of this moment. You have to start thinking critically about things that you do. You've probably changed a lot of your rhythms and structures. Uh, you've probably had to make hard decisions about finances. You've probably had to make hard decisions about like people at work. And maybe you've been fired or you had to fire somebody or something like that. You're having to think through a lot of crazy stuff that you were not prepared to do. You do have to do that. I don't want to take that away. But here's something that I think is a little bit flexible. Do you really have to worry do you really have to stress? Do you really have to like live in fear and be defined by fear as a result of this? Jesus comes into these disciples into a locked room where they're hiding for fear of being killed by the Jews because they're following Jesus. Jesus shows up and he says, peace be with you. He didn't say, peace be with you, I've eliminated the threat, the Jews are all gone. He didn't say, peace be with you, you're going to be fine. In fact, most of these guys ended up not being fine. Most have actually died for their faith. Instead, he shows up and says, peace be with you. That's the true beauty of the peace of Jesus, is that it is not determined by your circumstance. It is actually determined by the power of God to be able to offer you this peace. But then, if we are to be people who are sent as Jesus was sent, then we not only uh, can be people who can receive the peace of God, but we are also people who can be the peace of God to others. You have a unique opportunity right now. If you can truly grasp and understand this peace that Jesus has given to you, you have a unique opportunity right now to be a peace-giving presence to those around you, to be a non-anxious person in a world of freaking out. Some of the best thing that you can possibly do for your neighbors as you're talking across the fence, uh, for your friends that you're seeing on social media, uh, for your family and people that you're talking to over video chat or, or whatever it looks like in your own particular family, one of the best things that you can do is actually try to inject peace into that scenario. To actually be a person who doesn't bring more anxiety, who doesn't bring more fear, who doesn't bring more worry and concern and doom and gloom about the future to that scenario, but actually a person who brings peace into that conversation. Jesus has given to you a peace that can transcend all understanding. And just as he was sent, so you are sent to be a bringer of that peace to those around you. Now, I don't know what that looks like. You have a lot of freedom to be creative in that. But I think what we can see is that we, as the people of God, were called to live sent. 
to be people who are sent by Jesus in the same way that he was sent by the Father, to be people who can bring peace to the world around us. And our tasks, our task of being like representatives of life, representatives of the love of God, representatives of Jesus Christ and his kingdom, that calling, that sentness has not changed. That has not altered in one single bit. So my call to me, my call to you as we go through uh, this time, as, as even as we go throughout the next week, is to try and find out what it means to live as sent emissaries, as ambassadors for this piece of Jesus. And odds are, I am, I am believing right now and even trusting in God that there is someone in your life right now who needs to know that it's going to be okay, who needs to know the peace of God. And even when you might not be able to sit face to face, even when you might not be able to reach out and give them a hug, you still have an opportunity to help introduce this peace into their life. I love you guys, and I'm praying for you continually. Peace be with you. Thanks for listening. We hope it brought you closer to Jesus and more in touch with the world around you. Being a Christian in today's culture can be hard. Fortunately, he gives us the gift of community through his church. So we would love to invite you to join us for one of our Sunday morning gatherings or for one of our weekly small groups. All the details you need can be found on our website, dwelldenver.org.